بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في العربين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعوانه وأنصاره I hope that inshallah my voice is clear and my picture is clear too uh, after I receive the confirmation inshallah we can start Inshallah, after I receive the confirmation, we can start. Okay. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah al-adiyyil azim. الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الوهم وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علمك برحمتك يا رحمة الرحيم uh, It's just now after the Fajr prayer so I'm sorry that again uh, we have some delay because I had to say my Fajr prayer and now Alhamdulillah we can start as you remember, we reached the verse 130. Uh, well, the verse 130 is as follows: "A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim, fasbir ala ma yaqulun, wa thabbih bihamd rabbika qabla tulu' al-shams, wa qabla ghurubha, wa min ana al-layl fasbih wa atraf al-nahar." Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam which is of course a lesson for all of us so the first addressee is the Prophet but then it is extended to all of us all who want to follow the Quran Fasbir ala ma yaqulun And be patient With respect to what they say This refers to the sayings of the Pagans, of the infidels, of Kuffar Who used to say bad things about Islam, about the Prophet And the Prophet had to be patient of course it's very difficult when you know of what your enemies say especially when your enemies do not observe any moral values they used to accuse for example the prophet of being mad or a magician sometimes they said he is a mad you know, poet they used to say different things so the Prophet had to maintain his determination his direction his good behavior and manner and temper so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says فَاسْبِرْ عَلَى مَا يَقُولُونَ be patient, exercise sabr, patience with respect to what they say 
but this needs a great connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this needs remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's very difficult I'm not saying it's impossible maybe people who have no faith also can be sometimes patient but the level of the patience of a person who is connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is infinite you know if you have a pool of water then this pool of water with adding some water or taking away some water can be affected the level of water goes higher or lower very easily the bigger the pool is of course you need more water to take so that you can feel the surface is lower or you have to add more water so that you can feel it's uh, rising but imagine if you have a pool which is connected to an ocean then no matter how much you add water you don't feel it's going higher why? because connected to ocean and when the surface of the pool and the ocean are connected and are at the same level so no matter how much you add or take away the surface would not change the level would not change because it's connected to an ocean so a believer who is connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be more patient would be able to have greater capacity for facing all the challenges so we as those who believe in God we should not lose any opportunity to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in this way get connected to him get energy get support get guidance and assistance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says فَاصْبِرْ عَلَى مَا يَقُولُونَ وَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ Do tasbih, glorify Tasbih is a very important concept um, Alhamdulillah we had some sessions on tasbih in the shrine of Lady Ma'suma and you can find them online even the Quran study I think uh, there, there are a few lectures about Tasbih Tasbih is a very important way of remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as I have argued in those lectures Tasbih is something that even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does when in the Quran says سبحان الذي أسرى بعبده ليلا من المسجد العرام حرام إلى المسجد الأقصى the first verse of Surah Isra who is doing tasbih may he be glorified the one who has taken his servant in the night from Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa and then after that the Mi'raj to heaven started so the Prophet had a journey in the night first from Mecca to Jerusalem then from Jerusalem to heaven who is doing this tasbih subhanalladhi asra abdihi it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so Allah does tasbih of himself angels do tasbih when Allah informed them about creating Adam and appointing him as his vicegerent they said أَتَجْعَلُ فِيهَا مَنْ يُفْسَدُ فِيهَا وَيَسْفِقُ الدِّمَا وَنَحْنُ نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِكَ وَنُقَدِّسُ لَكَ نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِ We do tasbih with hamd. We glorify you and at the same time we praise you. The people of heaven do tasbih. دَعْوَاهُمْ فِيهَا سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُمَّ وَتَحِيَّتُهُمْ فِيهَا سَلَامٌ وَآخِرُ دَعْوَاهُمْ أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِ In Surah Yunus, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the people of heaven, their call is tasbih. 
when they greet each other they say salam to each other and when they want to end their conversation their speech they end it with hand da'awahum fiha subhanak allahumma wa tahiyyatuhum fiha salam wa akhiru da'awahum an alhamdulillah rabbil alamin when prophet yunus was in the stomach of the whale he said la ilaha illa ant you know we say this in uh, dua uh, in the salat al-qufayla wa dhanuna in dhahaba mughadaba fadanna an lan naqdara alayhi fanada fi dhulumat alla ilaha illa ant subhanaka inni kuntu min al-dhalimin and this is known as zikr yunusi he said oh allah la ilaha illa ant there is no god but you Subhanaka, may you be glorified. Inni kuntu min al-dhalimin. I was one of the unjust people. I did injustice to myself too. Uh, for example, people when I left them and cursed them, not in a sense of committing a sin, but committing something which was not right for a person in that level. It was not the best choice. It's what we call tarka ula, means not doing the best doing the second best in any case when the prophet Yunus in the darkness of the stomach of the whale called Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and remembered Allah by saying this important zikr Allah says فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ وَنَجَّيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْغَمِّ we answered his call and we saved him from grief from sadness in the same way we save the believers from grief and this is why ulama have recommended to say this zikr because in the same way you can also be saved from grief from difficulties and hardship so the reason for Yunus being heard by Allah and being saved is saying Fanada Fiddulumat, he said in the darkness, La ilaha illa ant, Subhanaka inni kuntumina walimi. La ilaha illallah is one important dhikr, tahleel, La ilaha illallah, Subhanaka tasbih, and also confession, inni kuntumina walimi. But elsewhere in the Quran, Allah says, "Lola innahu min al-musabbihin la labisafibatne." Had it not been that Yunus was one of those who do tasbih, he had stayed in the stomach of the whale. So you see, tasbih is the core. Tasbih is the main thing. Even la ilaha illallah is included in tasbih. Hamd is included in tasbih. When you say tasbihat arba'ah for subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wala ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. So it includes all of them. When you say tasbih of Lady Fatima, it includes all of them. Uh, tasbih, takbir, and la ilaha illallah. When Allah says, they say in Surah Yunus, da'wahum fiha subhanakallahumma. Their call is tasbih. And the ending part is hamd. So it it means that ending part is part of the call. So it means that hamd is part of tasbih. So, tasbih is very, very important. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَاسْبِرْ عَلَى مَا يَقُولُونَ Be patient with respect to what they say. وَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ Do tasbih with praise. Tasbih is to negate any shortcoming, any limitation, any imperfection, any deficiency from Allah. Don't think of any of these things about Allah. Any shortcoming, any limitation, any imperfection, any deficiency. Allah has no partner, Allah has no part, Allah is not visible, He doesn't occupy any space, He doesn't occupy any time, He doesn't do zulm. So, we should uh, remove any sign of impurity and imperfection from God. This is tasbih. And we should praise Him by thinking of His beautiful qualities, His beautiful actions. 
So tasbih and hamd come together and a perfect tasbih includes hamd because when you remove negative qualities at the same time you are confirming the opposite for him which is the qualities of perfection so this is why in the conversation of the angels they all said نَحْنُ نُسَبِّحُ or you know we said about the for example the people of heaven so we should here follow the angels and the people of heaven if they do tasbih and hamd we should also do tasbih and hamd also we have in you know, Surah Nasr Tasbih with hamd Glorification with praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala When should we do this? We have 24 hours Day and night When should we do tasbih? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says a very important part of the day that we should remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is before sun rises you know we have a period in which we say Salatul Fajr and that is after dawn but before sun rises So, this is called Bainut Tulu'ain After dawn and before sunrises This is a very important part And we have to say our Salatul Fajr in this part We can say Nafilay Fajr in this part We can do some Dhikr in this part It's a very important part of the day Of course, before sunrises can also be extended to the time before Fajr Because that is also before sunrises for example, if say, like now, for example, in Iran, if say, for example, in Qom, Fajr prayer is say, for example, 5:30, and sunrise is quarter to seven, for example, then quarter to seven is the time of sunrise. So before that, up to 5:30 is the time that you can say Salatul Fajr between Fajr and sunrise but also before Fajr is for example 5.15 5 when you can say your Salatul Layl before Fajr so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says a very important part of the day in which you should remember Allah you should do Tasbih and Hamd is before sun rises and before sun sets before Maghrib that is when you say Salatul Asr and of course before Salatul Asr you say Salatul Zuhr so Qabla Ghurubaha may refer to the time which is a little bit or shortly before Maghrib which is the time of Asr or goes even further so that it includes the time for Salat Zuhr as you know Salat Zuhr can be said after the noon religious Zuhr, religious noon when the sun is moving from the middle of the sky to the other side towards the west and this continues till you have four rak'at time for saying for Raqqa uh, before the time of uh, Salat is as is finished before sunset religious Maghrib so this is also very important before sunrise before sunsets but but also during the night after sunsets we have Salatul Maghrib, we have Salatul Asha, we have Salatul Layl. You know, Mufassirin have lots of discussion about this ayah, whether this ayah is referring only to obligatory prayers 
it's referring to Nawafil as well whether it refers to all five daily prayers or it only refers to four of them uh, because um, you know the legislation of Salat you know didn't happen at the beginning it came you know gradually so there are many many discussions among Mufassarin but I don't want to go into that discussion what I want to say is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking us to remember him in these important parts of the day and I mean by day 24 hours not day opposite to night I mean 24 hours so during the 24 hours the major parts before sun rises before sun sets but also and also in watches of the night in some parts of the night you should remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala includes you know uh, time of Maghrib, time of Isha, time of Salatul Layl and during parts of the day like after midday when we have Salat al-Zuhr or we have you know Nawafil for Zuhr and Asr so these are very important parts of the day but in a sense Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in my understanding is trying to say all the day and night when you are awake when you are alert you should remember Allah although he has mentioned you know some important parts of the day but it means connect these moments to each other and be in the constant remembrance of Allah you know for example Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in some places says for example يُسَبِّحُ لَهُ فِيهَا بِالْغُدُبِّ وَالْآسَالِ رَجَالٌ لَا تُلْهِيهِمْ تِجَارَةٌ وَلَا بَيْرٌ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ in Surah Nur Allah says there are people who do tasbih بِالْغُدُبِّ وَالْآسَالِ in the morning and evening for example does it mean that they don't do tasbih in the rest of the day? of course they do tasbih rest of the day because he himself is saying لَا تُلْهِيهِمْ تِجَارَةٌ وَلَا بَيْرٌ عَنْ ذِكْرِ nothing business merchandise would make them forget Allah so it means that they do tasbih constantly but morning and evening are two important parts two important corners and they try to remember Allah in these two in a very strong way and then keep them connected so it's like you know a bridge when you want to make a bridge first you have to make few important pillars and then when you have those important pillars maybe two maybe three maybe ten if there is a long bridge sometimes twenty you know pillars then you put the bridge on them so first you make some pillars and then you connect them so this is our experience that we should have to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these important occasions but then throughout the day okay if you do this what is hoped to be achieved is to get pleasure to be pleased this is very beautiful so that you may be well pleased you know the state of Rida to be pleased with Allah's decision, Allah's decrees, Allah's Qadha and Qadar is very high position. The state of Rida. As we say in Surah Faj, Ya ayyatuhal nafsul mutma'inna irji ila rabbika radiyatan mardiyya. O the confident soul, return to your Lord while you are radiyatan you are pleased mardiyatan means you are also pleased uh, you are the one that Allah is pleased with you are pleasing to God so Allah is pleased with you so you are pleased with Allah's decision and then Allah is also pleased with your behavior with your akhlaq with your 
conduct raviyatan mardiya so a mu'min should try to reach the position of rida to be pleased with whatever Allah plans for us whatever Allah has decided for us we should be pleased with that because we should know that his plan is the best plan he loves me more than anyone else he loves me even more than I do and he knows what is the best better than anyone else his knowledge is the best his love for us is the best his power is the best his wisdom is the best so if we are wise if we are intelligent if we are clever we should be happy with his decision so how can we reach this state of rada to be pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you need sabr, you need patience but also you need remembrance of Allah and if you try to be always remembering Allah during the day and night especially in those important moments which are highlights of your day then inshallah you can get this state of pleasure and for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam one of the things that made him happy and pleased and satisfied was shafa'a Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa because he was very concerned with the believers and what is going to happen to them on the day of judgment if they have committed some sins which are not forgiven in dunya they have not done tawbah for example but uh, still Rasulullah was concerned so one of the things that Allah has given Rasulullah is the right for shafa'ah he does shafa'ah and this right of shafa'ah Rasulullah has uh, kept it and saved it and reserved it for those who have done major sins which are not forgiven I have saved and reserved my shafa'ah for those who have committed major sins in my ummah of course this is for the people who have pleasing religion they do shafa'ah for the people who are mu'min who have tried to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they have proper religion but unfortunately they have some shortcomings under, in their practices and they can be helped with shafa'ah so that those sins which were not forgiven because of tawbah or other things and still are remaining can be forgiven with the request of the Shafi'i, the one who intercedes. Allah has beautiful discussion about Shafa'i in the first volume of Al-Mizan uh, about Surah Baqarah. Uh, I don't want to go into discussion about Shafa'i, but I want to say that Allah, by giving the right of Shafa'i, pleased and satisfied Rasulullah because he was very concerned about salvation of people. And in this way, he was satisfied because he could save them by being given the right of shafa'ah. Who is going to include, uh, to um, benefit from shafa'ah? When shafa'ah is taking place? All are beautiful questions that Allah has discussed in Tafsir of Surah Baqarah. In any case, Allah says to the Prophet that if you have patience and remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then you can achieve the state of rada and as I said also some of us have said the Prophet in particular had the right of shafa'at so that he would be uh, very satisfied and pleased then in the next verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَلَا تَمُدَّنَّ عَيْنَيْكَ إِلَى مَا مَتَّعْنَا بِهِ أَزْوَاجًا مِنْهُمْ زَهْرَةَ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا لِنَفْتِنَهُمْ فِيهِ وَرِزْقُ رَبِّكَ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى 
One of the things that may stop you being uh, pleased and satisfied is to look at what other people have been given and then compare yourself with them and feel that you have less so then you feel that oh why I should have less why they have more then you would not be satisfied and for example I may have very good house which is very comfortable I can be happy with that but then if I compare myself with a person who has a big house maybe f several times more than me or who has a palace for example say oh he has much bigger than me then I would not enjoy my own house and I would not feel happy I feel you know oh, I am you know losing this is the problem in these matters we should be aiming at having what is enough what is sufficient and don't compare ourselves in the worldly affairs and worldly matters to the people who have more when it comes to akhlaq when it comes to spirituality to iman to performance of good actions it's good to see who has more so that you would try to have more but when it comes to having money house I don't know car and anything like this we shouldn't compare ourselves with the people who are higher because then we don't feel satisfied so Allah says وَلَا تَمُدَّنَّ عَيْنَيْكَ إِلَى مَا مَتَّعْنَا بِهِ أَزْوَاجًا مِنْهُمْ زَحْرَةَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا do not stretch your eyes after that with which we have provided different classes of them what is that Zaharat al Hayat al Dunya the splendor of this world's life the beauties attractions of material life why they have been given this not because they are necessarily better people they are loved more by Allah no this is a test this is a trial so that we try them don't think that those are better than you of course you cannot say they are you know worse but you cannot say they are better every person has been given something as a test those who have been given a lot the test is whether they can maintain their taqwa those who have been given less the test is whether they can remain patient they can remain mm, thankful they can remain committed anyone is tested but perhaps the test for the rich people is more difficult because there is a tendency in human beings that when they feel they have no need they may forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَيَبْقَى أَنْ رَآهُ اسْتَقْنَى so you see pious people among the poor more relatively speaking than among the rich but we have also many rich people who are pious but I'm saying relatively speaking this has been always the case because the attractions of dunya can preoccupy your mind and gradually can take you away so Allah says don't think that this is a sign of them being better being loved being special no this is a test so if you want to always think about what they have then you don't feel satisfied and the sustenance from your Lord the sustenance given by your Lord is better and more endurable anything is given to you in dunya or akhirah by your Lord is better so that amount of halal rizq that you have is better for you 
وأمر أهلك بالصلاة واستبر عليها Another key to success is prayer Salat to say our prayer but not only you should save your prayer it is obvious you should also be concerned with your family members or in more general way with the people who follow you Ahlaka Ahlaka means your people your wife your children your husband your relatives but also for Rasulullah his ahl are also the followers of Rasulullah so Allah says وَأَمُرْ ask them, command them, enjoin them to say their prayer وَأَمُرْ أَهْلَكَ your followers بِالصَّلَاةِ with respect to Salat وَاسْطَبِرْ عَلَيْهَا and again here be patient with respect to Salat to ask people to say Salat in time with the presence of heart with all the etiquettes is not easy you have to keep asking them in a nice way encouraging them and making sure that they then develop love for Salat and commitment to Salat if you have a child and you want to educate him and train him to be a good musalli, a good uh, lover of Salat it needs patience you, you cannot say it once and then it's finished or you cannot you know, do it by force you have to use techniques you have to use manners so that the child gradually develops a habit of performance of Salat and uh, loves Salat this needs patience Allah says we don't want you to give us sustenance you know some people who had idols they used to give food to the idols of course then the idols were not using those uh, food but for example the mm, priests the monks who used to look after those idols you know the kahana they used to benefit from that uh, or sometimes they used to slaughter to, in, in thinking that they are going to please you know their god their idol by slaughtering animals for them and offering blood to them and things like this or for example people who have human masters by giving them gifts you know and you know money food they try to please them but Allah says we don't want anything from you Allah is absolutely needless we don't want sustenance from you uh, indeed we give you sustenance and the good end means end but here means good end not a bad end the good end is with taqwa if you are muttaqi if you are pious then the good outcome will be in your favor so this is a great bashara no matter how long it takes no matter how much difficulties you go through if you are pious you are successful definitely if you are pious you would have the best results and achievement a student who is respectful to his teacher who is respectful to himself to his time appreciates what he has been given in the school he would be successful maybe after mm, nine months maybe for example after many years of studying this primary school secondary school you know high school and then finishing university so it takes time but success is for him it's guaranteed the good end is for the taqwa for piety means for the people who have taqwa we have al-aqibatul taqwa we have also al-aqibatul al-muttaqin because when you say 
good end or the outcome is for piety means for the people who have piety okay I stop here with verse 132 inshallah next uh, session we will have verse 133 so now it's the time to receive your questions if you have any question please put forward So far I haven't received any questions, so I wait for one, two minutes and we will see. Okay. Uh, I have a message that there has been no question yet. Okay, no problem. So inshallah please you know try to reflect on these verses and if you have some commentaries, you know you can of course review those commentaries. So the great lessons we take from these uh, verses of the Quran is if I want to summarize is first patience which is like head for faith your body needs head head is your most important part of body you cannot survive without head the same is sabr for iman so we have to try to be patient second we have to try to remember Allah in the comprehensive way by leaving aside bad things and affirming for Him good things. Third, we should try to be pleased with what we have, what we have been given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And don't think always about the people who have more so that you feel jealous or you feel that you are you know for example not loved you are not you know cared for there is test so you have to be careful about the test then we should enjoin our people to observe salat and be performing salat properly and this also needs patience and we have to know that the success comes with taqwa okay question one salam alaikum salam if you train your children to pray until they are adults after that they stop praying are you still responsible our responsibility with respect to our children is to make sure that they have proper understanding of salat proper exposure to salat they understand why we say Salat what are we saying inside Salat and we do our best so that they love Salat this is our responsibility but maybe you do all these things and a person doesn't say Salat your child doesn't say Salat because human beings are free I cannot be responsible for the action of another person I am responsible for my own action. So, as a father, my responsibility is what I said. To teach them Salah, to tr uh, try to help them, try, you know, make them uh, used to say Salah, develop habit, to understand Salah, understand the beauty of Salah. I do my best so that they love Salah. But I am not responsible for their action. They are responsible. So, if you do all these things and still they don't say Salat, you are not responsible. You, you like a teacher. What is the responsibility of a teacher? The responsibility of a teacher is not that his students get the best results. Maybe you have the best teacher, very hard working, very organized, very experienced. He spends time, energy, he uses the best methods of teaching. But there is a student, or there are students, who don't listen, who don't study, and they fail. You cannot condemn and criticize the teacher. He has done his best. 
So, if you do all the things in order to help your children to appreciate Salah, to love Salah, to pray Salah, uh, their Salat, and then God forbids they stop, you would not be responsible. But in many cases, if you do it properly, they will love and they will say Salat. Because as a child, they very much are um, taking you know your advice seriously and when they see that you have salat you have respect for salat your wife your husband everyone they will also uh, inshallah love salat but yes there are exceptions there are people who as i said because we are free may choose a totally different uh, you know, way especially if they have friends who are not saying salah. So one of the things that you have to make sure is to let them be friends with the people who themselves say salat and are religious and pious. Question 2. How do you know your trial is not a punishment of your sin or is it a trial because Allah is testing you? Everything is a test. So no matter whether you are a good person or a bad person, whether, no matter whether, for example, this difficulty is uh, something which is uh, in order to get you closer to Allah or not, anything is test. And a mu'min has to be always alert. If you are healthy or ill, if you are poor or rich, if you have children or no, if you are loved by people or no, everything is a test. You have to be always alert. You have to always try to get the best out of the situation that you are put in. If you are mm, facing no difficulty in life, don't take this as a sign that this is not a test. No. Easy situation can be a test. Question 3. It is said that life is about sabr and shock. Can you elaborate on Yes, these are very important qualities, patience and gratefulness. It's not only these two, these are some of the most important ones. Uh, another thing which is very important is humbleness. Humbleness is also very important. Love is very important. But for sure, patience is very important. As I said, it's uh, like head for the body and gratefulness is very important indeed uh, we need the patience of those who are grateful in some of the lectures you know we have talked about this that uh, for example we say Allahumma inni as'aluka sabra shakirin like in the du'as of the months of Raja we say oh Allah I want you the patience of those who are grateful If a, a student is going through difficulties and he is patient, he knows that this patience is something which is good for him. He is thankful that he has been given homework and assignments by the teacher. A mu'min, when he has been given assignments by Allah, when he has been put into difficulties, he is grateful because he knows that this is the way for him to improve himself. Allahumma inni as'aluka sabra shakirina or in the uh, sajda after ziyarat Ashura we say Allahumma laka alhamdu hamda shakirina laka ala musabihim I want to praise you in the way that those who are shakir and grateful they praise you for their calamities for suffering. Imam Hussein alayhi salam would on the day of judgment would thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his martyrdom when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam informed Imam Ali alayhi salam about his martyrdom in the months of Ramadan and then Rasulullah asked him how would be your sabr kaifa sabruka how would be your patience Imam Ali said that would be a time that I would be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this is very important sabr and shukr or as I said sabr with shukr 
صبر of the shakirin patience of those who are grateful uh, it seems that we have no question uh, no more question and our time is also coming to an end so we end this session with uh, praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asking forgiveness from Allah for anything wrong that we have done any shortcomings and we ask Allah to help us for the rest of our life to please him inshallah and we also ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to be pleased so that we can return to him inshallah radiyatan mardiyya may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah help you and support you and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah enable us to uh, be always a sign a source of inspiration inshallah for other people we just received a question about concentration in salat and I give a very quick answer if you like maybe another time we can expand a very important way for concentration in salat is to be remembering Allah during your day you know, sometimes I say uh, to the brothers and sisters that we cannot be forgetting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our day life, daily life and then all of a sudden when the time of Salat comes we have presence of heart, we have concentration. No, Salat is connected to the rest of the day. Your Salat is connected to your busyness is connected to your home uh, for example or uh, university or work life it's connected yes salat is highlight in salat you have better position but you cannot be forgetting Allah during the day or night then all of a sudden expect to have concentration in your salat so one of the things that we have to do is to try to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during the day as much as possible then to prepare ourselves for Salat to prepare means first to understand Salat the significance of Salat the secrets of Salat the meaning of Salat but also when we want to say our Salat we choose a proper place we try to relax a little bit before starting Salat not rushing to Salat maybe a few minutes just sit on your prayer mat and do some zikr, some istighfar and then say salat or if you can say your salat in the masjid in salatul jama'ah of course this would be better so salat is in need of preparation and also in need of uh, observation of the meaning of salat during the salat inshallah we can talk about this more maybe in some occasion may Allah inshallah give all of us the ability to enjoy our salat and to have concentration inshallah in our salat thank you very much wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah rabbil alamin